0: Hello, and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Monday, May 9th, 2022. It's about, uh, well, it's sunny, and it's in the 50s, so it's kind of comfortable outside. Uh, It was cool and rainy over the weekend, like I actually wore my coat, so that was a bummer, but now I think that will be the last day of this season that I wear the coat, so I'll move the coat out of I'll put it into storage, Um, but that has to be the last cold day yesterday. I hope so. Anyway, um, so it's May. I feel like everyone's in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. My two favorite months of the year are May and June. Um, There's good vibes in the neighborhood. There is a new taco truck in the neighborhood. It's called Tacos Casamigas, and it is on the... uh, Southwest corner of Union and Court Street. And it's it's parked right next to that to the empty lot where the gym collapsed a few years ago. Um, and we got food from there last week, and it was good. And they had a mariachi band on Cinco de Mayo, so that was pretty cool. So the new taco truck is the big news in the neighborhood. Um, other than that, everything seems to be kind of humming along um there is word that there's gonna be a new restaurant from the Barbette people um on Smith Street. And um yeah, that that little bite of information comes from my friends Pete and Kara. So hopefully that will open soon. And um, in other restaurant news I ate at we ate at Black Forest on Smith Street for the first time in a few years, which is like the German place. And it's like, I want to, the food is great and it's not expensive and I want to like it more, but inside it all, it has a kind of dank, musty smell. And their TV is too big <laughs> in the back. It's like the size of the entire wall. Uh, but the backyard is kind of nice. Um, they have heating lamps, which we definitely used last night. We went there for Mother's Day dinner, basically, after my younger niece Sophie's uh, dance recital, which was in Manhattan. Um, so yeah, Sophie, my younger niece, she turned 12, uh, the week before last. So that was very exciting. Um, her last pre teenage birthday and we had food and cake upstairs. So that was fun. And then we celebrated her birthday the following weekend at Coney Island. So that was the first Coney Island trip of the year. I rode the cyclone. Um, my older niece, Olivia rode the cyclone, uh, with her friend. We rode together. And then later, apparently, they rode like three more times. But Oliver loves Coney Island. Uh, we go to Luna Park, which is there's Luna Park and then there's Dino's Wonder Wheel Park. Uh, and they're right next to each other. And, you know, you buy tickets per ride or you can get a wristband. So Oliver and the kids had a wristband and we had a card that we could use per ride. So I rode on a few rides. Julie rode on a few rides and it was a lot of fun. And then we had hot dogs at Nathan's and we were on the boardwalk and it was great. I really love the Cyclone. Um, It's 10 bucks and it has been for a few years, which I think is worth it, but I wish they still had the deal, which was like in the old days, meaning like, I don't know, I feel like in the nineties or the aughts, they had a thing where the, first of all, the Cyclone was $5 a ride. And then if you wanted to stay on, you could pay three extra bucks and just stay on, not get out of your car and ride again, which is a great deal. Um, And, which is like sometimes you want to go twice and then you get it out of your system. But um, anyway, they don't have that anymore. But if you don't know the Cyclone and how you pay for it, it's like sitting on its own at the end of all of the amusement parks in Coney Island. And it has its own window. And you can go up and pay, you know, cash or credit card. And then you just kind of go through and you have your little ticket. It's like a credit card ticket with a barcode. And then that scans you in. And you basically go through a turnstile and you're onto the little boarding platform. It's right there. But it's also owned by Luna Park. So from what I understand, the wristband, if you get like the unlimited wristband for Luna Park, which really only kids would use unless you're a parent that has to go on every ride with like a younger child. But that wristband gets you the Cyclone apparently because my niece rode the Cyclone all day. So that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, maybe I'll do that next time. But Coney Island was fun. I'm trying to think of... I'm looking at my notes for this, and there were actually no huge events in the last couple of weeks, which is nice. It's just um, a bunch of random things. Um, let's see. The weekend before this past weekend, I saw on Instagram that my my old co-worker and friend Doug, Doug Bledgy, was DJing, and he DJs a lot. but He was DJing at the... The bar that's up at the Alamo Draft House in uh, City Point in downtown Brooklyn. So in the Alamo Draft House movie theater, there is a bar. And so he DJs there Friday nights, I guess. And it it was his birthday. So he was DJing songs from his uh, year of birth, which is 1987. So I was sitting in the backyard after work having a beer. This is Friday. And I thought I saw this. I was like, oh, my gosh, I have no plans I kind of feel like doing something, and maybe after Oliver falls asleep, I will go up there, and that is exactly what happened, and I went in. He was surprised and um, excited to see me, and I just got a beer, and I sat next to him at the table closest to the little DJ table, and I said, you just spin, and I'm going to listen, and it was so much fun, uh, and then he had two friends show up, and we all hung out, and it's been a long time since I just went out at the last minute with no plans for a beer, listened to. You know someone dj and then sat around and talked to two people i'd never met before and just had a great chat with people that are friends of friends it's kind of like what you do pre-marriage and kids often is just like when you just have those great nights where you go out and you meet friends of friends and you talk to interesting people and it's a lot of fun so that was great and the bar is called yeah house of wax which is yeah i wouldn't say it's like worth going on its own because it it's a dollar or two or three more expensive, the beer, than like a regular bar. But it is a great little bar um, if you're in City Point. Um, let's see. That weekend, I also finally got a car wash. Uh, so around here, there's a couple of weird places. But I think the quote-unquote most high-profile car wash is House of—or um, Golden Touch, not House of Wax. That would be a good name too, House of Wax. But it was um Golden Touch— Car wash, which is on 4th Avenue near Carroll Street or 3rd Street. 1st Street, yeah, 4th Avenue and 1st Street. And um, so it isn't like a fully automated suburban-type car wash where you stay in the car, unfortunately. You pull into the little garage, you get out, you tell them what you want, and then they hand you a receipt, and you go inside and pay, and you wait, and you can watch your car go through. So I went inside. I got a Topo Chico. I just drank my monterey mexico mineral water watch the car get washed um it was so pleasant but golden touch is funny because their most famous customer at least once i guess is marky ramon so above the cashier there's a huge um bass drum head and it says uh it's signed it says to golden touch the best marky ramon um which is kind of funny it's a very brooklyn thing to have your car wash be endorsed by ramon ramon drummer um But yeah, got the car washed and then, um, was it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday, May 3rd um, marked the 25th anniversary of the day that I moved to New York City, which was May 3rd, 1997, Um, which is crazy. So that year I was, um, I had just been living in London for the winter. The fall and winter, and I came back. And in London, I'd been deciding whether to move to Chicago or New York. And all of my high school friends moved to New York, like my close ones. So uh, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna move to New York." And I kind of grew up always wanting to live in New York. And then I lived nearby in junior high. So, and I would come to the city. So I guess it was like, I did love Chicago, and I still do. But really, New York was always going to be where I ended up. Um, but yeah, I was thinking back about that day I moved here so I was looking at my old journal and for some reason I flew from Columbus so I guess it was like a much cheaper flight but I don't know I <laughs> my parents decided to drive me to Columbus instead uh, this was back when Cincinnati really had expensive flights um, before they were a delta hub for like 10 glorious years and there was a lot of excitement at the airport and then before you know that no longer exists because we're no CVG is no longer a hub but There was a time in the 90s where Cincinnati was very expensive to fly out of. So actually, a couple of times that year I flew to Columbus um, because when I flew to London, I actually flew from Columbus. Now that I recall Columbus to Toronto and Toronto to Heathrow. Anyway, and then I flew this Columbus to um, JFK. So my friend Joe Zawatsky, um, high school friend, met me at JFK and we took a cab to my college friend Johnny A's. Um, apartment in Park Slope, which was at 78 8th Avenue, which is um, 8th Avenue between like Garfield and something, Garfield Place. and um, But you know, it's basically like President Street. Um, and uh, and I just ran by it on May 3rd, this past May 3rd. It's was just like, there it is. It looks exactly the same as it of course would, would. So um, yeah, that night, May 3rd, 1997, dropped off my stuff. And so I stayed for a month in my pal Johnny A's studio in Park Slope. Um, (laughs) so Only at that age can you share a studio with someone for like more than one night. Um, And then after we dropped the bags off, the three of us took the, uh, what did we take, the B or the D, to um, Broadway Lafayette. And we went to Swift Hibernian Pub, which is still there. I don't know why we went to Swift. I think John suggested it. But we went to Swift and then some one of my another high school friend chad was with his college friends from penn who i also happen to know they were next door of course at b bar which if you remember b bar was the high end bar where um you know things were expensive models went there sometimes um you know it was like a hot spot in the 90s so we were at swift the really nice guinness pub and next door these guys were all at um b bar trying to pick up models i guess uh they came over hung out with me for a bit then they went back and then we went there after a while and then in my journal it says we went to a party on west third street which i don't i have no memory of um i don't think it's because i was too so far gone that night it's just like 25 years later i don't remember a random party we went to uh but anyway sounds like a first good night in new york so that was it what a great yeah what an anniversary um i actually went had to go back to cincinnati that summer because i ran out of money and i couldn't find a job which when you think about it looking for work was difficult pre internet even though the internet wasn't was around then but it was like it wasn't as like um useful for these kind of everyday things as it was as it is now so uh it was like a lot of paper resumes and st- like stuff like that so went back to cincinnati temped for 5 months or so and then i came back and then finally got work and i never left so 25 years kind of crazy um the n- 90s new york is just a different world uh and then i moved after spending that month in park slope in a studio i ended up subletting uh, which was always a plan i subletted uh two of my close high school friends pat and carl uh, were living, they were going to SIPA at Columbia, the School of International and Public Affairs. So they had student housing at 601 West 112th Street, which is the big apartment building at the northwest corner of Broadway and 112th. Um, and across Broadway on the north side of 112th is Tom's Restaurant, which is the famous Seinfeld Restaurant, and also uh, where Suzanne Vega wrote Tom's Diner. So, and that apartment was a big part of my life for the next year and a half basically until i got my first apartment for real in astoria um so yeah one day i should go back up there i i think i've been up to morningside heights to near columbia like once in (laughs) 10 years uh it's crazy to live in the same city and then these places that were big parts of your life forever you move out of the neighborhood and you never go back um but i liked it up there um Astoria I guess I liked but I don't you know as I've mentioned before we have I have been back to Astoria a couple of times um recently and yeah I have no super fond memories of it which is crazy because I am a very nostalgic person um but yeah it's fun to see sometimes I will stare into my old apartment building and just think about everything that happened in there and just blows my mind um but yeah 112th and Broadway I would like to go back I liked it up there um but, yeah, 25 years, it's kind of crazy. Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, enough of that. So that was Tuesday. Um, oh, and I treated myself after I dropped off Oliver at school. It was such a nice morning. I treated myself to uh, – oh, because I was going into the office. Why was that going in? We were all going in. Um, yeah, we went into the office Tuesday. But I treated myself after drop-off to going to get a coffee and sitting outside before getting on the F train. So I went to Poetica Coffee, which is on Smith Street between De DeGraw and Douglas, I think it is. And I got a coffee, and I sat in the backyard, and it was glorious. Um, the barista was this youngish-looking guy, and the woman in front of me getting coffee uh, who I, sounds like she's a regular. And she said... She said to the barista, "She's like, how's your family?" And he was. Then he started speaking, and he spoke with an accent. And he was saying that his sister and his family are still in um, Kiev, in Kiev, in Kiev. And you know, he had told them to leave before a month before the war started because he saw it coming. And they're still there, and they they have plans to leave if they have to, which sounds like hopefully they won't have to now. But um, it was just this like. I had been walking down the street in nice weather thinking about my 25 year anniversary and just like kind of in a wistful mood and not really concentrating on what I was doing and then I was snapped back to reality by listening to this person answer about how his family's doing in the in Ukraine so what a world um but yeah had a good day had a good week Friday afternoon um I drove Oliver to his playgroup in Gowanus at four o'clock and I decided to just stay there. I drove because it was raining, so I, we dro- I drove him and then I texted Pete and I said, hey, do you want to go to get a beer while I am killing time? And he was like, sure. So I picked him up. We tried to park near Three's Brewing, but there was no parking, which is just so annoying that street. Um, there's never parking. Um, And it's like industrial guanas. So then we went over to Finback, which is across the street from the playgroup, and we had a beer there. And then that night, I was feeling kind of antsy, and I went down to Wing Bar and met uh, my friend Matt Frampton, who I hadn't seen in person in a while, and we just sat at the bar and watched the NBA playoffs and had a couple of Miller Highlifes, and that was a great Friday night. And then Saturday, Julie went out shopping much of the day because she's getting ready for a girls' trip coming up. So uh, I took Oliver over to Pete and Kara's house. And they were having a Kentucky Derby party get together for with like basically their kids and friends and some parents. So uh, we scored an invite and Oliver and I went over and he had a blast, I think. And I certainly had a blast and got to talk to some great fellow neighborhood parental types um, who share the same interests. So there was a lot of talk about the Grateful Dead and indie rock and college basketball. And, um, it was a lot of fun, great day. And then mother's day of course was the next day, which is yesterday. Um, kept it low key, but we got, we got Julia card and went out and just (laughs) got her coffee. Very little things like that, which I would normally do anyway. And then, um, yeah, went to this, um, dance recital in Tribeca and then dinner at black force. And now we're back to where we started this episode. Um, 18 or so minutes ago. So, yeah, that was the week. Um, That was the Fortnite the last two weeks. Um, Moving on to music, there's been a lot of great new releases I want to listen to, and I haven't made it through many of them, but there's three I've listened to. So, Watch My Moves by Kurt Vile, new Kurt Vile record. Uh, I always like Kurt Vile. I never am super excited to listen to him only because um, he's always reliably good. And it kind of has that Kurt Vile vibe, so it's like you know what you're getting. It's almost like you take him for granted, but this new album is just fantastic. Um, just it's what he does, but he's it's at his best. Just great Kurt Vile, breezy, hazy, melodic, laid back, um, semi stoner music. Awesome. Um, a bit of previous by Bell and Sebastian. Uh, this is the first Bell and Sebastian album in I guess seven or eight years, although they've had some new EPs since. And it continues the kind of dancey dance pop of the last record, but it combines it. It's that's more like overwhelmed by with like classic Bell and Sebastian songwriting and production. And I think it works brilliantly and I love it. I almost every song as I was listening to it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a great song. There's no clunkers on this album. I love it. So, yeah, new Bell and Sebastian's great. And I listened to We by Arcade Fire, new Arcade Fire record, Um, which, of course, like I loved Arcade Fire back in the aughts. And then I kind of fell off when everyone did because their last album was not good, really. And then the album before Reflector was not for me. Um, And I don't even like the suburbs as much as everyone else, although I do recognize that it's a good record. Um, But this new album is great. It's, a, it's really good. It's like, you know, they're it's being called a return to form, which means it's just Arcade Fire, just not trying to do anything except like what they do best, which is like kind of over-the-top big anthemic stuff combined with um, over-the-top ballad <laughs> anthemic stuff. And it's great. I'm just like, you know what? I'm There's nothing, I have nothing bad to say about this record. It's really good. And then I watched the first song they did on Saturday Night Live because I was about to fall asleep, but I decided, to, I was like, oh, they're on. And I turned it on, and I watched their first song. And they did the song that I like the most, which is, um, uh, what's it called? Comeback Kid? Unconditional Comeback Kid, I think it is. Um, Anyway, quite good. It's nice that they are around, and they have a good record. <laughs> and, like, there's no controversy, really, I think. So, controversy in the sense that, like, they're trying to overdo something, or they have some sort of highfalutin concept joke that no one likes or gets. Anyway. And then I finally read, well I finally read. I um I bought the book in Austin, but the 33 and a third series about albums, I bought the book on Boxer by the National, which came out recently. Um I bought it at an end of an year in Austin. And so I read it and it is really good. And it's just kind of tells you the history of the band. It leads up to Boxer and the recording of Boxer. Uh, and it's surreal because A, I obviously know know these people, and B, um, like to to see places like Boat Bar, Boat on Smith Street, mentioned, which is a bar that I have drank at many many times, um, although not lately, not in years, but it's on Smith and Wyckoff, uh, which is, it's a neighborhood staple bar, but I have. I've also hung out there with them <laughs> in the aughts many times, and in fact, in like 2008, I think it was, or 7, uh, I had a joint birthday party there with Brian Devendorf, uh, whose birthday is the day after mine, and we had it at Boat, and I just remember that was, um, I had a lot to drink that night, <laughs> so uh, that was a fun night, but yeah, to see Boat in there was crazy. There's one thing they didn't mention in the book, which is um kind of covers everything, but Uh, I remember before the album came out, uh, but when they were done, they played it. They played the album for friends and family um, at Complete Music Studios in Prospect Heights, uh, which is where I've rehearsed with them. They've rehearsed there. A lot of bands will rehearse there, you know, rent out a room for a few days. And even Garden of the Ark, which uh, my hard rock band I was in for a couple of years, we would play it complete in one of the small rooms but they played boxer and it was uh i mean there were probably 20 of us there max and we just kind of like sat in folding chairs uh this the the room they played in is like their production rehearsal room so it's like it's a stage like raised stage and then uh, i mean if you were to put people in there the capacity would be like 100 Max, you know, like a packed 100. So it's like a very small room but with a big stage and they played the album and it was great. Um uh so yeah, I was like that was that for me is like the beginning of Boxer cuz I do remember Brian had left a CDR with the first three songs um on my drum set at the practice space that we shared um back then. And uh I also remember him telling we were at the Mercury Lounge that's spring seeing someone can't remember who but he was telling me all of the working titles for the album or all of the candidates and he was like what do you think should it be called army And i was like oh okay he was telling me and um beth his wife army and we were like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. squalor victoria which is the name of a song and i was like oh we were like that, was, that works and then he's like and then how about boxer and i was like oh my gosh boxer that's the one and i remember beth was saying like boxer you know so um Boxer, great album, great book, 33 and a third. It's by Ryan Pinkard. Um, Good book. And that is the end of uh, this Conrad Life Report. Episode 85. Um, From the window here in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn, Monday, March 9th, 2022. I'm going to be solo parenting for five days later this week, so uh, send me good vibes. Um, It'll be fun. And that's about it. Oh. Some I Get Wild shows before the next episode, probably, but John and Peter's on in New Hope, Pennsylvania, which sounds like it's like Ween Weenland out there. Um, so I Get Wild's playing there Friday, May 20th, and then Saturday, May 21st, we're playing here in the neighborhood at the new venue, The Atlantic, which is on Atlantic between Smith and Hoyt, um, which my friend's booking, but it's kind of like a Joe's Pubish type place, but we're going to go have a party there so saturday may 21st um if you're around at the atlantic okay that is all for this episode everyone take care and talk next time